Luke was the only one with the wandering eye. He would stand or sit on his horse for hours staring at the western horizon. He wondered what was over the next rise. Being only eighteen, he didn't yet want to leave his family, but the mountains were calling to him. Every day he spoke to Matthew and Mark of his dream. Finally, he could wait no more. On the day after he turned nineteen, he packed a horse and began a trek to the mountains of the west. Unsure of where to go, he only relied on the conversations he had had with men who passed by the ranch on their way to the Rocky Mountains. Their talk made his wanderlust even deeper. He went west until he found himself at a natural springs bubbling out of the rocks. There he decided to rest for a couple of days and get his bearings. He was unaware of the springs being a resting place for the Comanche as they raided in and out of Mexico. One night he had the place to himself, but at daybreak he woke to the sounds of war chants. When he opened his eyes, Comanche warriors wearing war paint surrounded him. It was not a small band, but an entire tribe moving into the springs. Luke could only sit and watch as the women stripped his pack horse and scattered his belongings all around. Finally, two of the braves lifted him to his feet and dragged him into the barren land that surrounded the springs. One of them lifted a tomahawk over his head and was about to strike the white man when someone yelled. He stopped his motion in midair and turned to look at the one who had yelled at him. Luke followed his eyes and saw a tall Indian wearing the war bonnet of a chieftain. He yelled something else at the two braves, and they drug him back into the village and tied his hands behind his back. Luke didn't know what was coming next or why the chief had saved him. For two days he laid and watched the goings in and out of tribal members. Only once did an older, fat woman give him a drink of water. Smelling the food they cooked only made him that much hungrier. They offered him nothing to eat. On the third day, other people began to come into the village. Not all of them were red men. Some were whites, and it surprised Luke that they could come and go at will. It didn't take long for him to see what was happening. Indian braves began dragging people from teepees and parading them around. When they stopped in front of the chief's fire, he would yell something and white men responded as if bidding on a slave in a marketplace like the ones he remembered from Mississippi. White women were the last ones to be brought out. He could see that a couple of them had family bidding on them. When it was done, the chief gave them back to their kin. Late in the day, it seemed like an afterthought, the chief pointed to him. He was dragged in front of the chief and once more he began yelling and chanting something in a tongue Luke did not understand. It seemed two people were bidding on him. One was an Indian from another tribe, and the other was a white man dressed in rawhide and moccasins. He had a beard down to the middle of his chest and brown-stained teeth. The bidding lasted for twenty minutes, and then the chief pointed at the white man. The new owner walked to where they had seated Luke and reached behind him with a long knife and cut his bonds. "'Keep your mouth shut and follow my lead. You and me might get out of here alive.' Luke did not speak, but scampered to his feet. He followed the man to where he had a horse and two pack animals picketed. When they were out of earshot of the Indians, the man turned. You're going to have to ride on one of them pack animals till we get away from here. Get yourself up there. Luke was sore and stiff from three days of sitting with no food, but he managed to pull himself up on top of the bundle on the horse's back. They rode slowly out of the village headed north. He did not know why the man had bought him or where they were going but he was grateful to be away from the Comanche. They rode for another four hours, and neither one of them spoke. Just before dusk, the man pulled rain alongside a creek bank and dismounted. Get down. I think we're far enough from them red devils now. Luke slid slowly down from his perch on top of the pack. 
Why did you buy me from the Comanche? He did not trust this man. You don't have to thank me. I did it for your ma. My ma? What about my ma? Your name Luke Carpenter, ain't it? Well, yes. What about my ma? He asked again. Stop by your place day after you was gone. Your ma said if and I see you to watch out for you. I'm watching out for you. How did you know who I was? Twarn't hard. You stuck out like a sore thumb. Easy to tell them from a man who's been there before. So now what? I'm headed for them Rockies. You welcome to come along. Looks like you need somebody to look out after you till you learn the ways. First off, we got to find you a horse. Where are we going to do that way out here? We'll find us another engine village and steal you one. Coffee's ready. Pour me a cup. Help yourself. Who are you? Jackson P. Terwilliker. You just call me Jack. And don't ask what that P stands for.